Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sarah, (laughs) another episode of the Aspiring Adult with your host, Sarah Smiles, and I am Sarah Smiles. So, I have finally settled into my apartment in Encinitas, and I really got to spend my first weekend here, so my real first weekend, I had to go back to Indiana, and I didn't get the chance to spend any time in Encinitas, but again, this week was my first real week, so that was really exciting, and I got to do a lot of activities outside, and if you've been keeping up with the podcast, you know that that is something that I've very much so been looking forward to doing, is just being outside, rooting in nature, and not really sitting in dungeons in Boston anymore. So very excited that that's what I did over this past weekend. I got to go surfing on Friday. I bought an e-bike on Friday. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I also got a really good discount on it. So my friend's husband actually popped their tire to their e-bike. And when he went to go get it fixed, he asked the guy if he knew anyone who was selling an e-bike and luckily he was selling two so and he was not only was he selling two he was selling two because at the end of the tourist season they sell e-bikes that they had in service throughout the summer um, just to re-up their inventory and buy new ones for the next year. And so he was offering them, they're normally an $1,800 bike, and he was offering them for $1,100 a piece. And so we were able to get 100 knocked off of them, and so we both got e-bikes for $1,000. So pretty great deal if you ask me, but the bikes have less than 100 miles on them. They're 2022 models and just overall great bikes. So I'm really excited about it. I'm going to go out for a ride later today on it for kind of its premiere ride. I need to get a helmet and I need to get a bike lock. So that's what I'm going to go and do is buy both of those items. But I also... I am excited because I got to spend a lot of time surfing. I currently don't own a surfboard, so one of my coworkers, luckily enough, let me borrow his while he's been out of town, and so I know what you're thinking. He let you borrow a surfboard that's normally like $2,200. No, this is just a foam board, and it was only $100 at Costco, so nothing crazy. I'm not a great surfer yet, and emphasis on the yet, I will be at some point, but I went surfing on Friday, I went surfing on Saturday all day, and it was absolutely amazing. I used to think that I didn't like being a beach bum, but I think that why I didn't like being a beach bum was because a lot of people just go to the beach and they just sit there, and I could care less to just sit on the beach and not do anything all day. I want to be doing something, and so if I'm surfing... I get to surf, and if other people want to lay on the beach, that's fine, they can lay on the beach, so I loved that, it was awesome, it was great, and then came back, and I'm going to announce something, which is what the premise of this entire podcast is, and it was that I decided to have a drink, and 
I decided to record this podcast very intentionally today because today would have been the 365 days without drinking. Um, I was kind of upset with myself for doing it initially, but then really remembered why I quit drinking. And it wasn't because I had a problem and it wasn't because I was addicted to alcohol or that I was constantly drunk all the time. It was that I felt like I didn't have a choice anymore. And it was very empowering to decide to say yes and decide that this was going to be when I was going to be having a drink as opposed to just feeling peer pressured into it. And I've learned a lot about myself within this year. I've learned a lot about what my tolerances are in terms of what I'm willing to deal with with other people, but more specifically, developing boundaries. So in this past year, I've had a really tough time with boundaries my entire life. I've had difficulty with boundaries and thinking that things didn't apply to me and that I could just do whatever I wanted without any repercussion. So... That was largely the reason that I stopped drinking. And that and I didn't like being hungover, but if you have one drink, you're not going to be hungover. So with that being said, I had my first drink and I don't feel any guilt about it. I feel great. Uh, And I'm not going to continue to drink like I did previously. I'm only ever going to occasionally drink. And it's probably only ever going to be margaritas at a Mexican restaurant, which in Southern California is going to be a little bit more frequent than anywhere else. But that's kind of my plan right now. And it's really just to feel empowered to say yes, empowered to say no. I don't need to be drinking. I can drink if I want to. Um, So... That's it. That's that's all. And I am very proud of myself for recognizing that I wasn't falling susceptible to peer pressure and that I've not compromised my integrity. And again, going back to the boundaries, I had a therapist. I decided, let's go back a step further. So... Going back to the boundaries, I had a therapist, and I didn't really like this therapist because I really didn't think that she understood who I was as a person. So I, (laughs) and I largely thought this because she was from BetterHelp and so didn't get to know me and only ever got to talk to me. Which is, I don't know, like, I thought meeting someone in person would be different than maybe talking over the phone. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I just felt like she really didn't know me. And when I was telling her about the difficulties that I was facing in my life at the time, I was going through a really tough breakup. I was not able to find a job post-college. And I was just feeling very insecure and not, not sure of myself. And she told me that she thought that I lacked confidence. And for me, that seemed a little bit far-fetched, considering that I had a quote on my wall from Muhammad Ali that says, it's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am, and people had always remarked on how confident that I am. 
And it took a lot of realization for me to get to the point where I recognized that it's not because I was confident, it's that I portrayed myself as someone that was confident and potentially even a little arrogant. So that was really difficult for me to initially wrap my head around. I really wanted to... And to be honest, I did something that was very childish, and instead of telling her that I thought that she was wrong, or telling her that I didn't agree with her diagnosis or assessment of me, I just decided that this woman clearly doesn't know me at all, I'm just going to be done seeing her, and so right then and there I just quit BetterHelp. And honestly, that was the last time I talked to a therapist. I mean, I do consider my psychic to be a therapist, but I haven't seen my psychic in quite some time either. Um, But yeah, so it has been a lot of growth and discovery to recognize that what that therapist who is trained in behavioral studies assessed that I had no boundaries and I didn't know when to say no. I didn't know... I didn't have the registrant to be able to do that. And it wasn't just with alcohol. It was with boys. It was with people. It was even with myself. Like, I just didn't know how to say no. I didn't know when to quit. I didn't know when to stop. I didn't know when too far or when too much became too going too far. And it really just within this past year in quitting... I decided that I really enjoy going to Mexican restaurants and having a margarita, or I really enjoy having a drink on New Year's Eve with my friends, or I really enjoy sitting down at the table with my family and having a drink. Like, it doesn't need to always be a peer pressure situation. And sure, going out and drinking with your friends is definitely fun, but to the point in which like you feel like you're not in control of it, that you don't really want to do it, that you're only doing it to appease other people was the boat that I was in. And that's why I quit. I felt like I wasn't in control. I felt like I wasn't choosing to drink. I felt like I was being told to drink or that it was what was expected of me because I'm fun. I'm outgoing. I'm a party girl. And lo and behold, you can still be fun and outgoing and a party girl if you want and still be sober. I did it for a year. I went out with my friends all the time to bars and just got water or just got soda. And no one bats an eye at it. And it's also like, I, I don't ever want to say that I used drinking as an excuse to talk to people or say things that I was too embarrassed to say when I was sober, but I definitely did. And I definitely use the excuse of, oh, I drank too much, and that's why I said that. And this was moreover when I would get myself into relationships with men that I would say things that I didn't mean or that I would say things that were hurtful. And it just it wasn't necessary. Um, and that was something that I recognized after quitting is that old Sarah probably would have used this opportunity 
to say this to this individual and know that this was definitely not the time to be doing that. And I caught myself doing that because I was in a really tough situation at work in terms of I had dated one of my coworkers, and then we I broke up with him and decided that it would just be better if we didn't do what we were doing and so once we broke up he was not kind to me he was not nice to me he had been reported to HR multiple times for the way that he had treated me post breakup And I just kept looking past it and felt like I was doing something wrong to deserve being mistreated in this way. And I also took it upon myself that after I was out with one of my friends, or a few of my friends, at somebody's going away party, that I had been around people who had been drinking. And so when you're around people who have been drinking, you kind of get in that fun, goofy energy and kind of revert back to that mind state that you would when you were drinking. But clearly you're not drunk. You're completely in control of your thoughts, your emotions, and your motor skills. So I decided after that evening that I was going to call said coworker and tell them that I was sorry for the way that things had ended, the way that I had treated him, and just let him know that I wish him the best as I'm looking to move to California. And so I called him and then as I was calling him realized that it was a terrible idea and hung up. And he called me the next day and asked me to explain what the situation was, asked me if I was drinking, and I had to say no. Like, I was calling you completely sober. So, it was a very humbling moment, very humanizing to realize that your actions have consequences, and that is with or without drinking. So, the year or the lesson that I was taught during my year of not drinking was that you have to be, that everything is intentional. Everything that you do should be intentional. And you shouldn't use drinking as a scapegoat for why you did a certain thing. And you shouldn't use drinking as a scapegoat as to why you should fit into a group or fit into this persona that you think that you are. And so being intentional and deciding who you are instead of allowing for some substance or a group to decide who you are, it was definitely a very transformative and reflective year for me as well, allowed for me to really recognize what was working in my life and what wasn't, and is largely what allowed for me to recognize that I did not belong in Boston. I think that quitting drinking definitely helped me speed that along. I I was under the impression that I was going to be in Boston for the long haul. I thought that I was going to live there the rest of my life, that I was going to buy a house there, that I was going to work there for the rest of my life. I don't know why I thought all of those things. I think that I had these preconceived notions of what Boston in my mind was. And I know I talked about it on a previous episode, so I'll try and refrain from going into too much depth here. But 
I just really envisioned it and being something that it wasn't. And so I spent a lot of my time and energy trying to make it into something or make myself into a version that would fit that Boston archetype. That I would be the girl that goes out. I would be the girl that goes to sporting events. I would be the girl that only can talk about work. And after feeling drained from that for a year, I decided that that wasn't what I want to do. And although it has nothing really to do with drinking, it has largely to do with what I'm interested in doing, and people will probably come to this resolution on their own, or to this epiphany on their own, if they're drinking or if they're not drinking, but this year of clarity, this year of growth, this year of transformation has really allowed for me to expedite that for myself, because I don't know how long I would have been in Boston before realizing that I don't want to be the girl that just goes to happy hour after work and then can only talk about work for the next two hours. I want to be outside. I want to be doing things. I want to be I didn't even know I liked surfing, I so I can't even say surfing, but I wanted to be outside, I wanted to be active, I wanted to be doing things with other people that were also active. And I convinced myself that I didn't for the two and a half years that I lived there. And again, I'm sure people come to these resolutions or these ideas without drinking, but I am just stating that This allowed for me to clear my head and allowed for me to gain perspective into who I actually am and who I want to become and who I want to surround myself with. And I wouldn't change how it went for any of it. I wouldn't change moving to Boston. I wouldn't change me drinking in Boston because I met great people doing that, but they're not, they're not they don't share the same interests that I really do. And I just pretended that I did for a really long time. So I'm proud of myself for making it to a year or kind of, I guess I technically didn't make it to a year, but I, I had a drink. I was able to stop myself at one. And I, when I was out with friends last night and I was able to not get, I'd like to say that that's a lot of growth on my end to realize that drinking isn't just an opportunity to get blacked out. And people come to that realization all the time on their own without needing to quit drinking. But I just want to tell you about my insight and about how I gained so much mental clarity from the situation. There are some other positive aspects of quitting drinking, such as you get way better skin. So my skin in Boston was absolutely treacherous. It was constantly oily, but then it would be flaky the next day and I would have so much acne. And I went through my entire high school and college career with maybe two pimples. And I all of a sudden in Boston was And maybe that this was just the the pollutants that were in the air in the city. Maybe it had something to do with drinking. There were a lot of variables at play here, but there's a lot of studies that show quitting drinking is actually really good for your skin. 
Because at the end of the day, like, it is just jet fuel. Like, it is not good for you. Alcohol is, alcohol is literally ethanol. And ethanol also fuels jet planes. So, imagine just running, rubbing jet fuel all over your face. Like, you would probably break out. But, anyways, that was a benefit of quitting drinking. Because even when I was in Boston, my skin started to clear up quite a bit. It's still not back to what it was when I was in college or when I was in high school, and I'm working on that now. We are making stepping stones in progress, but it has been a lot better since quitting drinking. I also don't feel as bloated all of the time. I was drinking, I don't know, maybe three to four times a week, and I just constantly felt heavy. I constantly felt bloated. I never wanted to look at myself in my underwear. I never wanted to be in a swimsuit. I just felt very full all of the time, and it was just a disgusting feeling. That, and I felt like my sleep had finally gotten really restful and I felt like I was getting a lot of good sleep I was having a lot of dreams I I just felt a lot healthier and again I'm not going back to drinking in the way that I was I'll probably only have a drink maybe once a month or whenever I decide really I don't want to put a limit to it um but I do feel like a, a healthier version of myself by not drinking so that that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody but that and I guess since I'm sharing the other lessons of what I learned from my year of sobriety and I I hesitate calling it a year because it wasn't truly a year but it was pretty much a year it was 12 months so that's what I'm gonna call it even though it wasn't the full 365 days it was close enough so You learn a lot about other people when you decide to tell them that you don't want to drink or that you don't want to be in an environment where there is only ever alcohol. You'll quickly realize people that aren't truly your friend and people that are truly just having you around as a drinking buddy, which is very eye-opening because you wouldn't think that you just have drinking buddies at the age of 24 when I quit drinking, but hey, you do, so no more you know, but quitting drinking definitely allowed for me to reprioritize my friendships, and not too many friendships, but a good, a good portion of them, and kind of, uh, a surprising way. So yeah, those are my my three takeaways. I had a lot of mental clarity. I had a lot of physical transformation in terms of reducing my bloating and clearing up my acne. And then additionally, I was able to see who my friends were and gained a lot of self-appreciation. I feel really confident in myself because I no longer feel at somebody else's will. I never am going to feel like I don't have a decision. If I decide that I want to drink, it's because I want to do it. It's not because somebody else is peer pressuring me into it. And for that, I am very proud of myself because I don't think that post-college Sarah or even college Sarah would have that same 
mentality, I was quickly peer pressured into a lot of situations that I didn't necessarily want to be in in college, but I felt like I had to in order to be a certain version of myself or to be perceived by other people as a certain version of myself. But I'd love to hear any questions that you all might have about quitting drinking. I know that a lot of people have been pretty sober curious and um, maybe just curious as to what, if they should quit drinking for a week, if they should quit drinking at all, if they're able to have these questions. Again, this podcast is just to gain insight into what's going on in this, in this world, and if other people, and promote, promote, (laughs) to promote an environment that other people can connect and really identify with struggles that other people might be having, and that way you don't have to ever feel like you are encountering something alone. So, that's all that I have. I know that this is a shorter episode, but wanted to keep it short and sweet and pretty concise about what I learned about myself and how my year of sobriety, I'm going to keep calling it that just because it's easier. I guess I could say 12 months. My 12 months of sobriety had gone. I wanted to keep this short. I wanted to keep it concise, but I wanted to share my experience and share that just because you've decided to quit drinking for a year doesn't mean you have to stop for the rest of your life but if that's what you want to do or if that's what you need to do then do it do what's best for you that's what my entire premise of this podcast is is do what is most serving to you and do what is going to be most beneficial to you so Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Aspiring Adult Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.